in this closing talk with you today, I would like to speak a little about the some aspects of the of the daily life situation and one of the differences between here and the daily life situation of course is that here we have been giving primary attention and consideration to the inner and in the daily life situation it is consideration to the inner and the outer and therefore any uh, inquiry into our into our life is one in which we, s we ask and we question what are we doing with our life with regard to its outer expression and obviously within that there are useful and fruitful and skillful ways of living and there are ways of living which are unskillful and painful for oneself or for others. So this consideration to the outer it seems to me that there are areas which have frequently be frequently are neglected and ignored and which need to be given more consideration and one of them and each person, each man and woman must look for himself, herself into what that means one of them is the general area of social responsibility and there is rather unfortunately within the Eastern traditions particularly a very strong and noticeable neglect of genuine social responsibility and leading to a certain insularity within the form and expression and insufficient outer awareness and so quite often and quite understandably there are areas which we choose to ignore for a whole variety of reasons and the obvious one that comes to mind is the whole political field, the political dimension sometimes born out of the frustrations of the past sometimes born out of a lack of interest and sometimes too having a very narrow and stereotyped kind of view of what political social responsibility actually is and certainly there is nothing very heartening in looking at the mishmash of politicians and political statements which are thrown out ad nauseum morning, noon and night and yet to, to believe or conclude that political action is somehow the prerogative of the, in this country, the Republicans and the Democrats is to be largely blind to the whole new movement of political social responsibility and there is an, an underground or a gr small but growing grassroots movement which is giving much which is political in its expression and I consider personally coming from what I can only call 
some inner awareness, a spiritual foundation. And this is to be found in some of the forms of um, uh, contemporary um, reading on various issues, the nuclear issue as, uh, as an example. Those of you who have read Shell's book, Fate, Fate of the Earth, uh, surely would, in the reading of that, can't help but feel that this is coming from a, the heart and mind of a man who's expressing tremendous moral concern and moral indignation at this monstrous state of affairs. That is coming from a, to me, that is coming from a spiritual awareness, a, a concern about humanity. This is all, there are also expressions of it in the whole, move, whole conservation movement which is taking place and the, the growing struggle about the exploitation of our environment and the, the destruction of the earth. There's a whole wave of political movement taking place with regard to the, the women's movement and the, and, the, and the active struggle for equality and for sharing and a full living participation in this world instead of live, living as uh, being regarded as second-hand people in some way. There's a whole wave of protest and, and spiritual concern in the theology of liberation movement in Central America and, and South America where priests and nuns and lay people are working together often at tremendous personal risk to bring in to these uh, countries social justice and to struggle against the, the tyranny of dictatorships and, the, and the, the oppressive support of countries like America. All of this, I feel, has in its root some love some spiritual aware, awareness, some real concern. And this is an expression, one of the forms of expression of a political social responsibility. And sometimes, as I say, we have this rather restricted view of, of what that means. And sometimes some inquiry, some, some reading, some investigation can open up in one's heart and mind a whole new set of alternatives to this world that we live in. And the, the, these things I feel in the, in the world of Dharma, in the world of meditation, in the world of the inner life, all too frequently uh, tend to be ignored. And it's as though that one pra one's practice, one's inner life is somehow going to be able to continue sublimely and that the world will always be around for us to open our eyes and ears to. And it isn't like that anymore. Things are changing, even in the period that I've been back to the West, are changing, and I'm sure you are aware too, are changing dramatically. And one has to adjust to the, to the changes. The degree of tension and conflict in the East and the West is growing year by year. The degree of mistrust is, is growing year by year. That b just a few years ago, jobs were available. If a person was out of work, it wasn't so much of a, a worry because one could find a job. But now people 
countless numbers of people are pouring out of the universities. People are being made redundant and one of the surely necessary criticisms of our capitalist system is that it treats people like, like the production itself, hiring and firing, using them when they're useful, disposing them disposing of them when the profits fall. That is the wretched system that we I feel that we, we live under. And so, so p- life is becoming and actually is far more insecure. All of that is going to require tremendous changes and, and adjustments in our whole social framework. Things are not like they used to be. And with a massive increase in military spending, 35% in this, in this country, and, and all that kind of emphasis means that the underprivileged and the, and the poor and the hard up are being neglected again and again. So coming into an awareness is coming into a change in a way which some of us consider the mainstream of political thinking in our supposed democracy of Republicans and Democrats or Conservatives and Labour, that that old way is not going to answer. They don't have the answer. So much compromise and expediency it has gone on again and again. It's so watered down moral responsibility and, and concern that, those, that I have lost all faith in them. And therefore I feel one's faith is towards people who are working towards change with that moral, spiritual element which is there. Outward change, of course, must, must, must be accompanied with inner change. And a person may look at these larger issues and say, well, what can I do? The, the, the state of affairs is so large, so, so overwhelming, and the watching of the television in the evening, I would say the watching of television and the, uh, and the, and the support of Valium are the two primary modes in our society to keep the population quiet. It keeps them quiet. And if the, and if the television was turned off and people were able to move out of the need of of, of Valium and there would be some movement towards change and it keeps the population numb. And in any kind of questioning and in the willingness inside of oneself to, to raise serious doubts about the whole mainstream of thinking in our society, one can feel as I say, daunted by the possibility of change. And therefore, perhaps, if we are to look as human beings who express something inside of themselves in this world, we can only start where we are. To start where, start where we are is to start within the immediate situ- living situation. And in, and in that, we take some small steps.
Let me give you an example of what I mean. Very small one. I was telling you last night, just briefly, I lived in this uh, community, Gillette. We had a little bit of contact with the local people, <coughs> but very, very little when I think back on it. And <coughs> the community functioned, and it functioned along quite well. We, we were reasonably harmonious and cooperative, and there was a questioning of roles and sharing of responsibilities. And we lived in a, in a reasonably well-integrated way, and a, with a certain degree of openness and honesty with each other and the willing to confront our difficulties. But we never really made contact with the local people. Never had any, never, never got involved in the community around us. And on leaving, I, I, re I regretted it. Uh, I felt we'd made a, um, an error of judgment by our silence, by our just being isolated within that, within that village. And so we, uh, Gwenwin and I, and a couple of other friends, when we, when we moved to our, where we live now, the small town, we decided we wanted to change that way of living and, and therefore put out more, more in terms of the outer awareness in, 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 the, in the immediate community where we live. So we started doing things. We, we'd go to the CND meeting. That's a campaign for nuclear disarmament. Um, Gwangwin would go to uh, find a Tai Chi workshop or a, a, a massage workshop. Um, if there was a, a, a speaker speaking on an issue, particularly the alternatives in politics and social responsibility, and all that's implied in that, the green movement, the ecological movement, conservation, peace movement, and so forth, We'd make a point of making sure we went to that meeting. Sometimes, especially with me, I always seem to end up with having a lot of questions to ask at the end of these end of these meetings. And sometimes we'd, one would just go and listen. But when one's presence was actually giving, I felt giving support. And and we would have a, a weekend of um, some of some meditation, and we started up a, a weekly sitting group and just making making contact each Sunday morning we go to the uh, Society of Friends meeting usually called the Quaker meeting for, for a sitting with the Quakers because I uh, feel close with Quakers and, and, and just in the space of four or five months it's that, that, that the contact with the Green movement and the Peace movement and the different local activities is bringing a feeling inside of me of, of closeness with the community and, and just having a little bit to contribute, a little bit to give and of course a lot to learn. And, and that, is a, that, that, is that, that I feel is, is what the whole new movements are all about. It, 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 it's, it's learning to work as some of the, uh, the people who have given us a lot of uh, inspiration keep emphasizing Schumacher being a primary agent of, of inspiration, to keep emphasizing working where you are at, working in your local area, really looking at one's whole life, the, the, the way we are living our life, because we so often we live it brutally. Living it brutally is always accumulating and adding. Living in terms of what's in it for me and 
and just thinking in terms of adding, building, adding, building, instead of harmonizing, connecting with, communicating. And that often, that often means going out on a cold, wet winter's evening when you don't want to go out, you know, you'd rather stay at, stay at home and, and uh, watch the goggle box. You know, instead of actually doing something more fruitful and useful. And so sometimes in just small things it means making sacrifice, but those gestures give support. Give support. Give support to people that come to give talks, to the, the film which is showing in the local cinema, which is a, a, a protest film about something or whatever. That kind of support, it's giving the support is, is taking out subscriptions to the, the alternative press which are struggling to make ends meet, to keep, to keep some awareness alive in our society. It's taking out subscriptions to organizations which are actually involved in protest. Just finding ways that we support each other and support others. And in that, there's nothing narrow and petty and sectarian in that. It's the expression of a concerned human being. And only a concerned human being can grow into maturity. So when, when, and yet, and what one is noticing, what I'm noticing in England, and, and I feel it's the case here, and it's expressing itself in different ways, is that there's a real opportunity, despite all the horrors of this world and the destructiveness is the destructiveness of big government, whether the big government is in the Western or Eastern bloc, it doesn't make any difference. The destructiveness of the multinationals and their obsession with profit and the accompanying exploitation that goes with it. In spite of all of, all of that, there is another kind of movement happening. And I feel it's a very important one. And it's one which possibly for the first time where some of the major movements, the peace movements, the green movement, the women's movements, the best of religion and the inner change, people are working on themselves in the different ways, that there's a coming together of this kind of activity that people want to make in real terms the bridges between these various kinds of activities as a growing voice for change. And the importance of that is that if it doesn't work, this world won't have any more continuity. If it doesn't work, considering the degree of putting it mildly, unskillfulness is the most mildest concept <laughs> that one can possibly think of, that the world itself, the, the, ten, the contention, the ambitiousness and the greed, the aggression and, and the violence, the planet cannot support it. So these movements have to work more and more effectively together. There has to be, though many of us have no appetite for it, I certainly have never had it, there has to be more cooperation, more organization as a focusing factor and what will change it is public opinion. Nothing else would change this situation. It would be the force and the potency 
of public opinion which says the poor, the underprivileged have to be considered, people have to work to together more, and there has to be an end to this monstrous arms race. And we can only begin in the community we are living in. Anything else which neglects the inner and outer from the larger issues to the personal relationships to the inner life I consider a waste of time. Remember, um, can I mention Bob what you said in the group one day about this book? <laughs> you mind? No, right. as, you, as yesterday, Bob had, Bob had mentioned that after quite a few years, a book which he had written, it's a, it's a, a novel, and it's, what's the title? Blood Run. Blood Run. Gives you the impression of it. Title and he had said in one of the, the groups that, that we had that uh, he'd written he'd written this book and he had hoped his wish was that in writing the book it would be a stepping stone in fact to writing about those things which his which he would really like to write about. Isn't that right? Upon this book being accepted by the publisher. The publisher wrote and said to Bob that they very much like the character that Bob has portrayed in this book, and would he be willing to write a, a some to two two more st out story outlines involving this character, who is the central character in this book, Blood Run. And when I heard heard that my rightly or wrongly my immediate reaction is oh dear <laughs> <laughs> and yours too right the oh dear reaction meaning is it going to be that Bob is going to sacrifice his wish to write about things he really wants to write about or is he going to be a puppet a tool for big publishing to make more profit that was my first. And so, I mean, e easily, and that's something he has to look at, and something we have to look at in our own ways, in our own life. It's, it's sometimes, somewhere or other, one is in a situation or in a dynamic, and this is where one of the great challenges of one's life is, to what degree does one consciously engage in resistance? Where one, somewhere inside of one feels, this is not what I want to contribute. I feel I have other more significant things to contribute than just doing for money or just d uh, doing for pleasure or whatever. And to allow that others, uh, find small ways to make those other things in life, give that the opportunity to get expressed. that kind of expression is being suppressed in our society. It's suppressed by the system. 
know it. So obviously there is the outer, outer situation where for all the, I feel, trivial talk of freedom of, to write and freedom of speech and so forth, in real terms, one, as we see, there is a protest taking place. 70% of the people in, in the States want a reduction in nuclear weapons, etc., etc. But as far as anybody listening where the power resides, it doesn't make any difference. And we go on fooling ourselves again and again. We live in a democratic institution. It is ridiculous. 26% of the people in this country voted for the Republicans. And we have a, a Republican leader. And we call this democracy. So freedom of speech must come from a free place inside of oneself, which working and harmonizing and organizing and cooperating together in small ways, in small things, but to make it effective. Because that's the only hope. The other day, the day we had the silent day, which I, uh, on the Tuesday afternoon, Eric here had um, fixed up uh, an appointment for me to go to Trap Rock uh, Peace Center, which is in Deerfield, an hour and a half from here, where I have the uh, privilege of meeting with um, some of the, the staff and uh, a man named Randy Keeler, who is the uh, national organizer for this uh, freeze, nuclear freeze campaign. And I spent the afternoon over there talking with the staff, uh, uh, Catherine Nagel and, and, and some of the others. And again, just in the whole atmosphere and, and work and activity of those, those pe people there, again, one re re really feels it's a, a small situation. It had a very small beginning. The freeze movement started up here in, in the Western Mass. One person wrote a, wrote a, a paper on it and, from, and found that m people from the whole spectrum of political thought said, yes, there must be a freeze, and, and now there is tremendous pressure at long last being put on these political whiz kids in uh, Washington and uh, else, elsewhere. And, it just, and, and, and part of the motive and reason for going is that there, need, there needs to be more an expression, I feel, of international cooper cooperation, international getting together. And one of the ways, I just want to mention this to you, is that as you know in Britain, I mentioned the nuclear issue because I feel it's important to have a growing awareness of, that in Britain later this year there's going to be this bringing into Britain of a whole new set of cruise missiles. Cruise missiles are an offensive weapon in every meaning of the word. They're not the defense. They are a first strike which they, they are sent off. They, they, they're small. They travel very, very low and they get beneath the radar and they cause a tremendous amount of damage. And they're being brought in once more as a scare tactic against Russia, increasing the whole degree of fear and paranoia. So there's a whole 
training going on. This is where the inner is coming in. In Britain, and beginning to, I understand, in the States, of working inwardly, looking at one's own violence and aggressions through these non-violent training workshops to prepare people for a massive display in Britain of civil disobedience. That when these cruise missiles come, the roads to lining up to the air bases in, the, in Britain are going to be filled with human bodies. Thousands. And part of my uh, interest and, uh, in this is I am not sure if this is happening, and I haven't been hearing on the grapevine of the peace movement, is the British government and the American government are not going to say, well, on December the 10th the cruise missiles will be arriving, so you'll have plenty of time to get together. They're going to get them in as silently and as efficiently and as inconspicuously as possible so that they're on the air bases before the peace movement has got a chance to pull its trousers up. And so the idea is to see if we can make it such, and this is what I was asking at the Chaprock. Is it, is it possible that there is some, that whether a peace movement is based outside some of the bases here in the States, whether there can be a monitoring so that when there's any large activity, exodus, because it's in 1983 these crews are coming, the peace movement in Britain can be informed so that we'll all be there when they come. And this kind of working to make these links. So Randy gave me a couple of uh, people to uh, contact and groups, War Resisters League and things like that. And, and this is where international cooperation begins. All, all of it's just, just small things, seeing and finding out ways and exploring things to, as I say, make effective our being in this world, on this planet. So given, as I say, there's, there's, the, there's the outer in one's own personal situation and that too has to be explored too. Not only the larger level of course, but also the level of our whole personal relationships. In my experience in leading retreats, con conducting these retreats, the most pain which I see is experienced by people is through or in the personal relationship. This, this particular area, primarily the male-female uh, um, relationship, seems to create the most stress, tension, anxiety, fear, worry, and uh, confusion. And despite all the liberalization which has taken place in our society, this area seems to be the one which is the most difficult to work with. and therefore requires a whole special, whatever set of tools I might say, a way of working or attitude or outlook so that people can really fit and meet with each other, meet each other's uh, needs and requirements and understanding and accommodating of each other. And that sometimes one can learn a great deal from other people who are in a relationship and to listen, how do they work? Do they have agreements? What kind of agreements do they, does one's friends have? How do they work together? And especially where I see a, a relationship which is working, working well and effectively and I feel that there's a good sound relationship there,
frankly, I'm quite merciless. I will question these people more until I have felt I've got a real feeling of how they do it. <laughs> and I feel that sometimes that, that, that is needed rather than saying, well, they've got a nice, nice relationship. If they've got a nice relationship in this society, that couple have worked on their relationship. What they have worked at it. And, uh, and so I feel that that area, and it's so easy for people who are in a relationship, oh God, I wish I was out of a relationship. And when one is not in a relationship, oh God, I wish I was in a relationship. <laughs> and it's where we are, beginning with, beginning with ourselves. And, and it's not that obviously one or t'other is more important. It's our being alive, being conscious, being being truly uh, aware. It is necessary too, obviously, that inner consideration is also given and for a period, and some of us have found it helpful and useful, that we've given a period of our life, we've been blessed, we've had the opportunity to give a rather exclusive emphasis to the inner life. And for some that means being here and staying here for varying lengths of time. But for, for other people, it means coming here, like Jean Anne was mentioning last night, partaking in a, in a three-month uh, retreat. For some, it's coming here or elsewhere, one week a year, a weekend, or a couple of, couple of weeks a year. And in that period of time, finding ways and means to work inwardly, so that that inner has the opportunity to get expressed outwardly. It must somehow find its expression outwardly. And rather, once again, rather unfortunately in our society, there is this judgmental attitude. Oh, don't you think it's selfish going on a retreat? Okay, don't you think that's rather selfish? Nobody thinks it's selfish to go and spend three weeks on Martha's Vineyard boozing and dancing and having a good time. But if someone wants to w go and look at themselves and, and work with themselves and live more lovingly and intelligently, it's often regarded as being selfish. I mean, this is the bizarre values. <laughs> so just by coming here, one is often, and choosing to engage in these activities that we're, which we're engaged in, is often one is in conflict with the mainstream of thinking. So one is regarded as being a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> and, 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 that, and that too one has in this society that we live in, in this world, something we have to learn, learn to, to live with. But it doesn't have to be anything narrow and sectarian. And these places, as as has been mentioned um, with, with frequency and necessity, these places are places which express a certain trust and hope in human beings. And they exist only, for one reason only, because people do choose and decide to come here. And, to, and in that, each person <coughs> contributes in a very, very direct way, personally, socially, economically, to everybody else here. And the more people that come, of course our feeling is, is the better. 
let it be a, a, a real living centre of, of practice here. We gave a and the whole diversity of people. A couple of years ago, it was a bit more unusual, we gave a retreat here, um, the summer retreat. There were 65 people on the retreat here, and 20 of those people was either a psychiatrist, a psychologist, or a therapist. Which is express once again express expressing there is the outer work and outer concern and outer responsibility, and the growing awareness of the inner also is to be worked with, and that that working with ourselves inwardly never ever stops. And as Buddha himself said, one who lives working inwardly and outwardly, one is aware and conscious right to that very last breath goes out of the body. One never stops observing. So rather than feeling, sometimes it happens that we're coming from a restricted kind of view with a kind of narrow religious sense. I feel it opened the movement towards change inwardly and outwardly is far more broad-based. Small expression, just as I may say personally, I'm on a committee in, in London, and that committee we're organizing a, we don't use the word conference anymore, because conference is an old word, you know, it's dated. Conference has too much form meaning to it, so we use the word gathering. I feel it's a much harmo more harmonious kind of expression. And uh, so we're having a, a gathering in, uh, in uh, London, and it's a meeting between people who are peace activists and people who are working on themselves and finding ways that we can appreciate each other and cooperate with each other rather than what has taken place a certain judgmental or misunderstanding and this is one form of ex expression of that. So certainly I would say the inner must be worked on and given consideration to and never be neglected but to understand also we are human beings who live in this world. This world, not for one moment, is ever separate from us as we are never separate from it. And the integration of the two is surely the great challenge for every one of us. Making a personal, re personal retreat can be useful, a group retreat can be useful, engaging in a daily sitting can be useful, making a commitment to awakening and to the path and to the whole community of like-minded people can be very useful. Sometimes that one means that one must move base, be in touch with those people who share an, an expansive awareness of life. let us all be a good friend to ourselves, a good friend to each other, and a good friend to the earth upon which we walk.
may all beings live in peace. May all beings live in harmony. May all beings live in peace and harmony. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.